All right, I will say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shir. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat, the Alba Mishpacha, for dedicating all the shiur midrashos this month in memory of their beloved husband, father, Jerry Yaakov Koppel ben Avram Menachem Zichron Livracha. We thank Mrs. Bracha Strimber, our Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Shvat, for dedicating all the Shur Midrashos this month in memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Slav and Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Moshen and Ellen Givant, in merit, in the, in merit of and Ellen's mother, Joyce Rubin Blockman, Nechama Bas Shlomo Yitzchak, on the occasion of her third yard site, we thank the Getz Mishpacha for their dedication of Week of Learning in memory of Moshe Chaim's father and mother, Alter Hirsch Ben Binyamin and Chana Chaya Bas Moshe. We thank Mr. Larry Sufnis for dedicating the Week of Learning in memory of his beloved wife, Tanya Yona Bas Yaakov. We hope that in the merit of our Tamator, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in Nechama. We thank our Day of Learning sponsor, the Buchwalter family, in memory of Walter Buchwalter, Chaim Zev Ben Yitzchak Aryeh Halevi, on the occasion of his Shloshim. And we thank our Dafyomi sponsor, Adam Plunka, for the yard site of Yerachmiel Herschel Ben Liba. And we thank Bennett Goldberg for his dedication of Dafyomi, as Baruch Hashem Bennett celebrates his 66th birthday today. Incredible. We wish Bennett an incredible happy birthday. And we hope that all of the Nishamas have an aliyah and the families in Nechama. And I will say with that, let, let us begin. So a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Samech 65. And we are picking up, we are picking up on Samech Dalit Amid Beis. And we are picking up 64B. And we are picking up Emir Sasham at Shachat Yisrael the Kibel Hakohen, which is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Also, also want to, I want to point out it was very interesting. Um, I know that um, the the kidney story with Agrippas went ahead and generated a lot of interest uh, at the Shir So, so I, when I was giving the Shir Sose, I don't know why. But I assumed, which was a wrong assumption, that sheep only have one kidney. But uh, Menachem Schoenfeld pointed out to me after the shir, and actually a couple of Hebra pointed out to me afterwards, and Mamish, a lot of, a lot of veterinary experts in the shir, Baruch Hashem, uh, that, that sheep actually have two kidneys. So obviously, again, I both say, so then, again, the way the story reads is that, is that ultimately the, they saw that when Agrippas wanted to count, they counted 600,000, 600,000 crores. I said 1.2 million, 600,000 crores, which makes a lot more sense, obviously. 600,000 carbonos, and then if you do the math of the Gemara with 10 people on a carbon, 6 million Jews. Okay, so 6 million Jews, excluding anyone who is B'derkhoka, too far away, or ultimately again Tomei. So those numbers are, uh, are, are a bit more probable, and then one does not have to go ahead and, and kind of make it out to be that the numbers are a bit hyperbolic. So thank you for all. I'm sorry? Yosei Kiv, no, so it could be, but it, what it could be is, so I was thinking about that, Yosei Kiflaim Kiyotei Mitzrayim, so that's why I thought it was also 1.2 million, but it could also be, maybe that's the number of Klal Yisrael, because if you look at the Lashon of the Gemara, if you look at the Lashon of the Gemara, so it was, Bikesh Agrippas Litin Enov Bu'ochlesei Yisrael, 
that maybe Agrippas wanted an idea of all of Klal Yisrael. So Karban Pesach represented one chilek of Klal Yisrael, but even those who didn't bring, Derech Rechoka or Timeim, so once you see the number of people who kind of brought Karban Pesach, that gives you an idea of Kol Ochlese Yisrael. Okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure. I've tried to look around a little bit for a little bit more specific. But again, we both say it's your uh, your follow up homework. Anyway, both say let's so let's go right there. So let's go right there. So the Gemara says, "Halshachat Yisrael v'kibal akoin." So the Gemara says, "So remember, the Yisrael shechted the carbon, and ultimately the coin did kabbalah." So the Gemara says, "Lo sagya delav Yisraeli." So the Gemara says, "I don't understand. It makes it sound like that the shechita of the carbon pesach dafka had to be done by a Yisrael." But why is that? And Rosbo say, Kawi could also do the Shechita. So the Gemara says, Higufa Kamash Malon, the Shechita Bizar Kshera. No, 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 actually, what the Mishnah is coming to teach Rabbi say is that you are allowed, that a Zar, a non coin, is permitted to do the Shechita. That's the Chiddush over here. That even a non coin is permitted to do Shechita. So the Gemara says, Vikibala Kawin, and why does it say that the coin did Kabbalah? Isn't that obvious? Supposed to teach me that from Kabbalah and on requires a coin. Supposed to say this, of course, is not unique by Karban Pesach. This is true in general by Karbanos. We pass in Shechita Kshira Bizar. A non coin is permitted to do the Shechita, but from Kabbalah, which is the receiving of the blood and on, that must be done by a coin. No still lechaveiro. So we'll say ultimately again. So remember, one coin gives it to another coin. Remember, they had the assembly line, the assembly line where the coin would receive the bowl with blood. So right, coin. We'll call him coin number one. We do the kabbalah. He would receive the blood in the bowl with the pointed bottom, and then the assembly line would take it all the way up to the mizbeach. So it's actually very interesting. Shamas mina. So we'll say the Gemara says, by the way, there's an interesting, there's an interesting fact that comes out of this, which is holacha shalo beregel. Holacha, right, transporting the blood from the site of the animal to the mizbeach is one of the avodos, right? Remember again, there's shechita, slaughtering, kabbalah, receiving of the blood, holacha, transport of the blood from the place of Shrita to the Mizbeach, and then Zrika, sprinkling of the blood on the Mizbeach. So we'll say, the Gemara says, something very interesting from here, that Halacha, even without physical movement, is called Halacha. Now, where does the Gemara glean that from? Because we'll remember again, how is the blood getting from the animal to the Mizbeach? How is it getting there? It's being passed, the assembly line. No coin is actually moving his feet. So the Pashtos, you see from here that Halacha, even, even that halacha shalobereg is called halacha. Now, now Rashi points out over here, this happens to be a machlokes that is recorded. So the Gemara Rashi says, perakama This is actually machlokes in the Gemara about whether or not halacha shalobereg halacha without movement is called halacha. But it's clear from the Gemara here that halacha shalobereg is proper halacha. Well, maybe not. Maybe even though one coin is moving, is, is handing it to the next, maybe he moves a little bit. He moves his feet before he gives it to the next coin. So there is a holacha beregel. So what's the chiddush of In other words, why do we have all of the kohanim? So it's actually very interesting. See, we've presupposed that the reason they had the assembly line of kohanim was for what purpose? What purpose? Efficiency. 
efficiency. But Pashtos, that's what we assume. The Gemara says, maybe not. The Gemara says it could also be because HaKamashmolon Berov Am Hadras Melech. Rashi says, Berov Am Hadras Melech, Shehayukulon Asukin Ba'avoda. That there is a great, literally Berov Am Hadras Melech means with the multitude of the people, there is Hadras, there is a beauty for the king. That the more people you have participating in the mitzvah, the more beautiful the mitzvah is. So we'll say, so essentially, Carbon Pesach becomes a national endeavor, right? All of the Kohanim are mobilized. Cloud Yisrael is packing into the Azara. The more people you have involved, ultimately, again, the, beautiful, the more beautiful, the more, the greater the intensity of the beautification of the mitzvah. So we'll say, so again, it's, it's really, it's both. In other words, obviously, there's an efficiency component over here as well. In other words, you have, you have got a constant flow of blood, Going to the back, empty utensils making their way back. But there's also a din of Berov Am Hadras Melech. Quite beautiful. Kibalas Hamale Umaxiras Harekan. So we'll say it's actually quite a beautiful idea the Gemara says over here. So remember, we'll say what the Gemara is pointing out is like this. So if you can imagine, so remember, we'll call them, right? Yisrael is shechting his carbon. Cohen does the Kabbalah. Once he receives the blood, they pass the blood up the assembly line. To them is Beach, good. So we'll say, so remember again, in any given moment, let, let's, call, let's assume for a moment that the coin who receives the blood, he's coin A. He's coin A, right? And the coin at the end of the line is coin Z. So remember, at any given moment, when A hands to B, when A hands to B, a, a, a bowl with blood. So remember again, B also has an empty one that he's ready to give back to A. So what the Gemara is pointing out is something very interesting. If you notice here, the, there, there's an order. Kibel as hamale. So go ahead. So what, what ends up happening is, is that B, excuse me, A gives to B. B receives ultimately the full one. And he gives back to A the empty one. But we don't do the opposite. In other words, we'll say, remember again, you can hold the bowl in one hand. So you can have B gives A the empty one, and then A gives B the full one. That's not the order. That's not the order. The order is A gives the full one to B, and then B gives the empty one to A. So the Gemara says, what's the reason? Because Rabbi say literally, again, we do not pass over mitzvahs. Because Rabbi say listen to this. If B would hand back to A the empty one first, effectively what's happening over here is that B is passing over the full bowl of blood, ultimately giving the empty one, and then taking the blood. So he would be effectively passing over the mitzvahs. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Aval Ipcha, it's five lines up from the bottom. Maxir Sarekin Baresha, we do not go, we don't have B give back the empty bowl first. So we'll say, a truly beautiful idea. So we ultimately, again, we don't have the returning of the empty bowl first and then the taking of the full bowl. Rather, again, first B will take the full bowl, then ultimately, again, return the empty bowl because we do not pass over Mrs. We'll say, so you have to understand something that's so profound over here, which is even if you look at the workings, right? So we'll say, so in the Mishnah, we read how everything worked. And now what are you beginning to see? that every aspect of how this worked was b'chachma. Everything was with them. There was nothing that was haphazard. There's an assembly line. You say, oh, assembly line is efficiency. No. I mean, yes, assembly line is efficiency, but assembly line is also, is also berov am hadras melech. 
You go out and you receive the full one, then give back the empty one. Why? Such a profound yisod. Remember, the Jew went to the Beis HaMikdash, because in the Beis HaMikdash you saw how to structure a meaningful life. And I both say, what does a meaningful life mean? A meaningful life means that I can look at any aspect of my life, and it's done b'chachma. It's done with, I will say, how many times are there things that we do in life that make no sense? Or they're just, they're just illogical or counterproductive. And just because it's the way we've been doing it, so we keep doing it, whether it's in our personal lives, our relationships, in our religious lives. So I'll say, so the goal is that if I, if I were to, if somebody else were to look at a piece of my life, any chiluk of my life, they could say, oh, that's done b'chachma. That makes sense. That's logical. There's a wisdom to it. Every single detail over here in the way Pesach was structured, in, or Arab Pesach was structured in the Beis HaMikdash was B'chachma. Every aspect of my life, I have to strive that it's done B'chachma. Plus, it is a beautiful art on Ein Ma'avirin Ala Mitzvahs. I'm just remind me, if we have time at the end of the show, I'll come back to it. So the Gemara says as follows, Koin Mizbeach. So as I say, remember again, the Kohen who was closest to the Mizbeach, he went ahead and he poured the blood on the Yisod, right? On the base of, on the base of the Mizbeach. I will say now, remember, as they pointed out yesterday in the Mishnah, this was not a Zrika, right? Remember again, I will say, Zrika is like a sprinkling with your finger. This was the coin poured the entire bowl on the base of the Mizbeach. To which the immersed man tana Pesach Mizrika. So ultimately, again, who says that literally you throw the blood, literally throw the blood on the base of the Mizbeach? I'm Rav Chis Rabbi Yosek Alili. Desanyos Rabbi Yosek Alili. Desanyos Rabbi Yosek Alili. Omer es damam tizrok ala Mizbeach veschalbam takdir. It says their blood, plural, you shall throw on the Mizbeach and their chalem, the fats, you shall burn. Damolo ne'emar. It doesn't say its blood. Ela damam, their blood. Chelbolo ne'emar. Ela chelbam. It doesn't say its chelev, but rather it says their chelev. Limeit al bachar umeiser upesach shein tuunin matan damin veimur legab mizbeach. Ultimately, we learn from here that bachar, right? Bachar offering, meiser offering, and pesach all require blood applications and they mur in sacrificial parts of the mizbeach. How do you know that the blood is poured at the base of the Mizbeach? To which the Gemara We learn from Ola. Between Pesach and Ola. Just like Ola, we know that you go ahead and you pour the blood on the base of the Mizbeach. So to ultimately again Pesach, you will also pour it on the base of the mizbeach. Top of Samechei, Ba'ola Gufa Minola, and I will say Ola itself. How do you know that Ola is poured on the Yisod Amarkra? So I will say this is pretty explicit. Amarkra Al Yisod Mizbach Ha'Ola Al Matuuni Yisod. So I will say by Ola is pretty explicit. It says Al Yisod Hamizbeach. Zera Shava between Ola and Pesach, just like the blood of the Ola is poured on the Yisod, so too the blood of Pesach is poured on the Yisod as well. Beautiful. So we'll say so again. So now I, I just I, I, again I, I can't. The, 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 I just want to, one thing very quickly. The Sefer Achinuch brings down that why is there a mitzvah of Aliyah Lerega? 
Right? Why is there mitzvah al liyalur egal? Three times a year, why do you have to go up to the base of mikdash? So we normally think, or we normally assume that the reason for it is it creates a sense of achdus, unity and klalis, which is absolutely true. But the Sefer Achinuch also says something different. He says, because when you go up to the base of mikdash, you see the Kohen Gadol, you see the Kohanim. And the Kohanim become role models for how to live spiritual lives. And you see the Nisim of the Beis HaMikdash. And those Nisim, ultimately, again, each of them carried incredible, important, and dynamic life lessons. And I'm just pointing out, when you went to give your carbon Pesach, and now I'll say, you saw, we saw exactly how the Avoda went. And now we see how every single piece of the Avoda was done Bechachmah. Everything had a message. Everything had a lesson. So you come up to the Beis HaMikdash and you leave energized with all of these impactful and dynamic life lessons to enrich your personal life. Everything I do has to be done b'chachma. Everything I do should make sense. Everything I do should have a rhyme or reason. Everything I do should be embedded in some type of deeper, you know, life morality and life ruchnius. This is what you got just from going up to the base of Mikdash to offer up your current Pesach. It's incredible. So the Gemara goes right there. Yotas HaKasvishon. This is great. So remember again, the fir- there were three groups. There were three groups, right? So the first group left, second group came in, second group left, third group came in. Rosa, watch this. Tana, he nikras kat atzlonis. The third group, they were called the lazy group. The lazy group. So the Gemara said, but one second, that's not fair. Vaha lo sagi de lav hachi. So the Gemara but remember again, see, it's a little bit not fair. Why is it not fair? Because remember again, how many groups do you have to have? You have to have three groups. You have to have three groups. So we'll say, so remember again, so on one hand, you're disparaging the chevra that's late, that comes in part three. But you're supposed to learn yesterday's daf kal eda yisrael. So you have to have three groups. So the third group is necessary. So why are you disparaging my calling the lazy group? I will say, this is great. This is great. Afilu hachi ibayiluhu lezeruzin afshayu. Tehushimunah says, you're right. You're right. There's always going to be a third group. But what? But what? You don't have to be a part of it. <laughs> you don't have to be a part of it. Yeah, you're right. There's always going to be people who come late. That's absolutely true. You don't have to be a late comer. You could be part. You could be part of group number one. So I'll say this is a great gemara. Kedisanya, Rabbi Omer, The world needs both perfumers and tanners. Now both say. Those are opposite professions, right? Because remember, again, perfumer, you're around fragrant scents all day, right? Fragrant smells. And by definition, Baruch Hashem, you smell like a fragrant person. If you've ever gone to a tannery before, it's terrible, right? In Mamish, the, the, the odor, the odor is, is overwhelming to the point that, again, if you work in a tannery, at least in the times of the Gemara, it was understood that that stench was going to kind of was going was going to attach itself to you. So the world needs both perfumers and tanners. But Ashremi Shumnaso Bosem I Lo Lemi Shumnaso Barsi. Right? Praiseworthy is the person who is a perfumer. Woe to the person ultimately again who is a tanner. So we'll say so what the Gemara is highlighting over here is you're right. There are always things that are necessary, but you make a choice where you put yourself in life. So right, the world always needs a third group. Always needs a third group. You make a choice if you want to be the late comer or not. Sigmar so gives another example. This is actually pretty dramatic as well. The world needs both boys and girls. Praiseworthy is the person who has sons. 
Woe to the person who has daughters. So we'll say, so let's talk about this for just a moment. Right? So as, a, as a father of four girls, Baruch Hashem. So we'll say, so remember, the, any father of daughters understands this Gemara immediately. That now there's a disparaging of daughters. And I will say, Eina Dome, the worry that a father has over girls than what a father has over sons. Right, your sons, whatever they're going to figure it out one 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 way one way or another one another going to but a girl a girl a daughter by definition a father is incredibly protective of and a father is perpetually worried about so the Gemara says so it's not Chazal being misogynistic Chas v'Shalom saying something disparaging just Fakir the Chazal are echoing a real sentiment in parenting right the world needs boys and girls needs men and women. But the truth is, the worry that a parent carries about a daughter is dramatically, is dramatically more than the worry that a parent carries over a son. So the Gemara will say, so this is such a profound Gemara, because I will say, think of it just a moment, yeah, there always has to be a third group, but it doesn't have to be you. Doesn't have to be you. You don't have to be the guy who comes in late to carbon pesach. You don't have to be the guy who comes. You don't have to be the straggler, right? There are always on time people and late people. You're right. There's always going to be late people. The after the olam below late people, right? That's the way it works. But it doesn't have to be you. It's going to always be someone. But love dafket has to be you. You don't have to be the tanner. You could be the perfumer. You don't have to be the third group. You could be the first group. An incredible gemara. Kemaseu bechal. So as I remember again. So the Mishnah said. It's actually very interesting now. So the Mishnah said the process that we described in the days of Mikdash was the same thing on Shabbos and the same thing during the week. So I'll say then the Gemara went on to explain that on Shabbos, on Shabbos, the Kohanim did something that the Rabbanim did not like. Remembering, and what did they do? They, they essentially, they plugged, remember there was a channel of water that ran through the Azara. They plugged up the channel, allowed the water of the Azara, the courtyard, to flood, then, then unplugged and washed away all of the blood. So the rabbis did not like this. Shalobritzon man. So who, 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 whose opinion were, were, were they, were they, were they, were they acting against? And ours, or should say, according to who was this not a proper practice? Amrav Chista, Shalobritzon Rabbi Eliezer. This is very interesting. This was against the will of Rabbi Eliezer. We'll see, we'll see, look at Rash for just a moment. Shalobritzon Rabbi Eliezer. We're going to see in just a moment. The, the act of flooding the floor is the same type of thing as sweeping. Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that sweeping on Shabbos is Asr Midoraisa. So we've spoken about this before, that sweeping on Shabbos, sweeping on Shabbos, let's say on an interior area, is an issue of bona, is an issue of building. Now, truth is, we'll say, we pass in that way as well, just not Doraisa, Dirabanon. That's why, again, you can't sweep dirt floors on Shabbos because of Ashvuye Gumos. You may come to go ahead and straight, we had this in Smichas Chavra a couple of weeks ago, you may come to go ahead and flatten out depressions on the ground, which could be an issue of bona, an issue of building. But whereas we hold that it is an Isr Dirabanon, Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that it is an Isr Doraisa, to which the Gemara says, I'm sorry, the Irabanon, according to the Rabbanon, they also agree that Halacha Lamaisa, sweeping on Shabbos, is an Isr Dirabanon, which is fine. In general, we hold that Isuri Dirabanon do not apply in the Beis HaMikdash. So I will say, 
Everyone agrees that sweeping on Shabbos is problematic, which again is effectively what you're doing when you plug up the channel in the courtyard, you're sweeping out the blood. You're just doing it with water instead of a broom. The Rabbi Eliezer holds in, it's an Isra Da'oraisa, and therefore you cannot do it in a, even in the base of Mikdash. The Chacham would hold it's an Isra Da'rabanan, and ancient Shavuspa Mikdash. Isra Da'rabanan do not apply in the base of Mikdash. So we'll say, is going to analyze this, or I should say, expound on this a little bit more. Maihi. What, 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 where exactly do we find this conversation? This Sanya, here we go. Echad hacholev, if you milk an animal on Shabbos, or mechabetz, or you curdle milk on Shabbos, megaben, make cheese on Shabbos. If you do this in the amount kigrogeres, if you do this in the amount of a dried fig, ultimately, again, you are going to be chayev. So both sides, interestingly enough, milking an animal is an issue of dush, Right, is an issue of dash mafarik, right? Separating one thing from another. Um, ultimately making cheese, making cheese is a problem ultimately of bone, of building. I'm just going to, we'll see the ration just a little bit. Mechabes, which means curdling, is an issue of, is an issue of borer. So the Gemara says, hamechabid vahamerabets. If you sweep a floor on Shabbos, merabets rabose means you go ahead and you sprinkle water to keep the dust down on the floor. Vaharode chalos devash, or you go ahead and you remove honeycombs from a beehive. So bishogeg bishabis chayev chatos. If you do this accidentally on Shabbos, you're chayev chatos. Hizid the yomtiv, if you do it intentionally on yomtiv, lokes har boim, you get malkis tiberiliaz. So I say again, for our purposes, what are we focused on over here? We're focused on the chabit, sweeping. Sweeping. So you see that according to Rabbi Eliezer, if you go ahead and you sweep a floor on Shabbos, that is an Isra Da'oraisa. Now she points out, because an issue of Ashvuye Gumos. It's an issue ultimately, again, of leveling out depressions in the ground, which is a problem of bona, a problem of building. Because remember, again, you can't build, you can't build on an area until when? Until it's flat. So for Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that sweeping a floor on Shabbos is going to be in Isr Da'oraisa. That is why he did not like what the Kohanim did in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos. Chum the Chum say, no, echazev, echazev, engno elamishum shavos. The Chum disagree with Rabbi Eliezer and they say that halacha lamaisa, echazev, echazev. And I will say, they don't, the Chum don't agree on the earlier cases ultimately of Cholev, Mechabetz, and Megabin, they disagree on the latter cases of Mechamed, Merabetz, and Roda, of sweeping, sprinkling water on dirt to keep it down, and removing honeycombs. They hold, ultimately, again, that that is only an Isra Dirabanon. Only an Isra Dirabanon. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, so the point over here is, you, so now let's, let's just plug this back. So therefore, the Mishnah said, that what the Kohanim did was Shalom Beratzon Chachamim was not with the consent of the sages, which sage specifically? Rabbi Eliezer. Because Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that quote unquote sweeping a floor on Shabbos is an Isr Da'oraisa. Is an Isr Da'oraisa. And Halacha the act of flooding the Azara and allowing the water to take out the blood will be an Isr well, maybe an Isr Da'oraisa. So the Gemara says, so Rabbi Nasan he. So it could even be that it's not just Rabbi Elias, but it's Rabbi Nasan. This is actually very interesting. We're, we're familiar with the concept of Ein Shavos B'Mikdash, which means that rabbinic law, rabbinic prohibitions do not apply in the Beis HaMikdash. Habos say, when is that true? That's true 
when we're dealing with an actual form of temple service, right? So if, so if a particular form of temple service, quote-unquote, transgresses in Isidur Abanon, we say, Mikdash. But I will say, when the Isidur Abanon has nothing to do with the Avoda anymore, it could very well be that the Isidur still applies. So I will say, Shalom again, when are you cleaning out the blood from the Azara? When are you cleaning it out? After everything is finished. Is that part of the Avoda? No. No, so it's quite possible that it's not just Rabbi Eliezer didn't like this, that didn't like this practice, but even Rabbi Nasan, who agrees that yes, in general, in Shavuz Bamekdash, that's what he, what he calls a Shavuz Tzricha. When you have to violate the Shavuz for the purpose of sacrificial service, that's when you can violate a Shavuz on Shabbos. But cleaning out the blood after the Karbanos are done, that's not necessary. That's not part of the avoda. Okay, I, now don't get me wrong. I understand why you want to do it. But Lamaisa, you could just as easily wait until the end of Shabbos to do that as well. Therefore, it's possible that many people didn't like this actual process or this actual practice, I should say. Rabbi Huda Omer, Kos Chaim Amalei, supposed to listen to this. Remember, Rabbi Huda said that after all of the carbonos were done, what would they do? The coin would fill up a cup of blood from the floor. That cup of blood represented a mixture of all of the bloods, right? All of the blood from all the various Karbanas, and he would pour that on the Mizbeach. So Tanya, Rabbi Huda Omer, so we'll say, so the coin used to go ahead and fill up a cup of blood from, from the mixed blood, right, of all the Karbanas. We'll say this way, in, literally the way it's translated is, in case one of the Karbanas, the blood spilled before being applied to the Mizbeach, this last cup of blood would kind of be a composite, a combination of all of the blood of all of the carbonas, and this way every carbon had its zrika. One second, I will say, if you're talking about blood that spilled on the ground and never made it to the Mizbeach, that means it was never received in a clean, in other words, it was never a proper Kabbalah. Kabbalah means that when you shek the animal, you receive the life blood in a clean. So if you're telling me now, well, maybe some carb- maybe some Maybe by one of the Karbanos, the blood never made it to the Mizbeach. We'll scoop up the blood from the ground. It's a mixture of all of the different blood. And we'll just bring it. But it never made it to a Kli. So the Gemara says, yadi. So had, and was, how, how, how do you know? Had, and was, had, had Rashi says, yadi, Rabbi Huda, in this of the Kli. So had, how do you know if it was or it wasn't received in a Kli? Alahari Kamrile. Shema lo niskabel bekli. Rather, maybe, maybe the blood on the ground it never was in a kli. To begin with, if it was never in a kli, Rabbi say, then it's not fit for zrika. To which the Gemara says, <laughs> To which the Gemara says, you're right. What must be the case? It must be what we're concerned about is, it was in the kli, and then it somehow fell out of the kli. So I'm in a yada. I don't say, how would you know that anyway? Kohanim's reason ain't. Oh, I'll tell you why. There's no, every blood, every blood that has quote-unquote zrika blood, definitely, Definitely made it into Kinabosim. And I remember again, the only blood you use for Zrika is Damanefesh, the life blood, as opposed to Damtamsis, which is the other blood that flows out. We assume Kohanim's reasoning. What is Kohanim's reasoning? What does it mean that Kohanim are, are a lacritist, right? Kohanim ultimately have Jesus. It means Kohanim take their job seriously, and the Kohanim made sure to catch the life blood in the Kli. Well, one second. Is reason, am I Mishtabich? If the Kohanim are so, if they're so, if they're so Zoris, then what? Then what? 
How did the blood wind up on the ground? And Rosabel said, you're telling me that you're concerned that some of the lifeblood wound up on the ground. But now you're telling me Kohanim are his reason, so they catch all of the lifeblood ultimately in the Kli. Well, if they caught it all in the Kli, then how did it wind up on the ground? Agav zrisayhu da'avid mishtapach. Ah, because sometimes there's so zaris, they move so quickly that what happens, and I also have to understand, this is Erev Pesach. Now, during the rest of the year, there's not a concern about this, but Erev Pesach, you're talking about the sheer volume of Karbanos. Everyone has to move quickly. So because of this reason, so also in dealing with moving around quickly, liquid, inevitably what's going to happen? Some of the blood is going to pour out. It's going to spill out. But one second, how do you scoop up blood from the floor so we'll say, so now what we're assuming is that the blood, the blood that was fit for Zerika came out of the animal, came into a Kli, but because the Kahnem are just scurrying around, they're running, they're, they're, they're moving quickly. Labdafka, they're running, because remember, there's an assembly, but the point is they're moving everything quickly. Some of the Damanaf, some of the life blood fell out. So well, what are we going to do at the end? We're just going to scoop up a cup of blood from the end, at the end, pour that on the Mizbeach. That way, if some way, somehow, some blood didn't make it to the Mizbeach, ultimately now we're taken care of. To which the Nurse about one second. On the ground is both dam, what we call nef, dam chai, the, the life blood, dam chaya, but also dam tamsis. Dam tamsis is the rest of the blood that flows out of the animal. And ultimately, again, that dam tamsis is not fit for the Mizbeach. To which the Gemara says, dam Rabbi Hudol's that no, even Damatamsis, which is the rest of the blood that flows out of the animal, not just the life blood, is fit for Zrika as well. The Sanyo, Damatamsis Bazhara, Rabbi Hudol Omer Behi Karis. As also the Bryce, says, this is talking about the consumption of blood, that if you consume Damatamsis, which is non life blood, it's a love. Rabbi Hudol says, no, it's Karis. I, Rabbi Loza, said that Rabbi Hudol holds, agrees, that for Kaparov purposes, for atonement purposes, for sprinkling purposes, Dam Tamsis is not usable. Only Dam Chai is usable. Because the blood, the blood of the soul will achieve Kapara, will create Kapara. Amad Beis, Dam Shanefesh Yotzebo Mechaper. Dam Shein Hanefesh Yotzebo Eino Mechaper. It is only blood through which life leaves the animal that achieves Kapara. But other blood, i.e. Dam Tamsis, which is the rest of the blood that falls out of the animal, does not achieve Kapara. Rashi calls it the Dam Kiluach, which is the blood that flows out of the animal. El Rabbi Hudlo Tameh. Rather, Rabbi Hudlo goes going to his reasoning. The Amar, Ein Dam Mevatl Dam. Rather, Rabbi Hudlo is of the opinion that blood is not Mevatl. There's no Bittl by Dam. So therefore, again, I acknowledge the fact that Halacha Lamaisa, when, when the coin scoops up the cup of blood, at the end of all of this, Rabbi Hudlo what's his logic? His logic is that in case for some reason there was any carbon that did not have a proper zrika, this blood, which is a mixture of all of the blood from all of the different carbonos, this blood, I'm going to take it, I'm going to pour it on the Mizbech. I, the Gemara's Shiloh, so let's go through the process. But what about the fact that it was never in a Kli? We assume that what? We assume that what? It wasn't a Kli. That every damn nefesh was in the Kli, but because of the zrika of the carbon, it poured out. I, what about the fact, doesn't, isn't the dam tamsis? There's so much more of us that will call it regular blood than life blood. So isn't the regular blood, does, isn't it mevatel, the life blood? To Trabi Huda holds, in dam mevatel dam. One type of blood is not mevatel, another type of blood. And halacha lamaisa 
eight words. Tanya, I'm not a beulacham. The devrechen, lama polki kines hazara. So let's listen to this. So, so I'm not a beulacham. So Rabbi Yud says the hachamim. So if if so, why do they go ahead and plug up the azar? Now we'll say. Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says the devrechen lama polki kin es nekev chamas hazara shadamim misavim ba'ama yotzim bolochot. So a polki also bechal arei pesachim. So we'll say. So now listen. So we'll say this is a fact. That was not included in the Mishnah, right? In the Mishnah, the only plugging up we of the Azara was when was when that we saw was when when at the end, right? At the end, what they would do is they would stop up the channel, flood the Azara, and then ultimately unplug the channel so that all the water could flow out. Now, I said this is incredible. This price is pointing out to us there was another plugging up, an earlier plugging up. Look at Rashi. Listen to this. Apparently, there was an earlier plugging up. See, I both say, in general, in general, there were holes in the courtyard, right? Holes in the, what was the point of the holes in the courtyard? To allow blood to drain out of the courtyard. That's what they would do. I also remember again the Gemara pointed out that the blood, we saw this earlier, that the blood used to flow from the base Hamikdash into the valley below the Harabayas, and the farmers would go ahead and purchase the sacrificial blood to be used as fertilizer for their fields. So there was a drainage system in the Azar that would take out any sacrificial blood. They plugged up the drains when they were shechting, when the various groups came in. They, they plugged up the drains. So I say, see now, watch this. So Rabbi Huda says, according to you, Chachamim, why did they plug up the drains? So the, we'll say, so Rabbi Huda says, according to me, it makes perfect sense, right? According to Rabbi Huda says, why do they plug up the drains? Because we'll say, what do they want to do? At the end of all three groups, what do they want to be able to do? Scoop up a cup of blood. Because that blood, remember, again, we assume is a mixture of all of the blood from all the carbonos. That way, if for some reason, one carbon, for some reason, didn't have a zrika, that mixture blood satisfies the criteria for zrika for any carbon that may have missed its zrika. Because again, you know, there's dam tamsis, ain't dam the battle dam, so on and so forth. So he says, according to me, it makes sense. But the chachamim, you, you feel that you don't need that final collection, right? That final cup of blood. Why did they plug up the azor? Why did they prevent the blood from draining? And I both said, this is actually pretty wild. Because it was an incredible, beautiful thing for the Kohanim to walk in the, up to their knees in sacrificial blood. Right? It was, right? It was beautiful for the Kohanim to be able to walk up into their knees in sacrificial blood. So he says, but one second. It's interesting. As if like the biggest problem with this image is the chatzitza issue. Right? So, 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 so it's so fascinating. So I'll say, so isn't this a chatzitza? So, so remember again, there could be nothing that interposes or interrupts between the Kohanim's feet and ultimately the floor of the Beis HaEktash. Or well, if there's blood, if they're walking up to their knees in blood, isn't this problematic, a chatzitza? To which the Gemara says, no, lachu ve'inochotzitz, because blood is a liquid, a liquid does not create the chatzitza and its position. If you have blood or ink or chilev, right, or dvash, or ultimately again honey, if they are dry and they therefore become a solid mass, they create the chatzitza. 
in Chotzitzin. But if they are wet, they do not create the Chatzitza. So as I said, ultimately, again, therefore, walking up to your knees in blood for the Kohanim did not create the Chatzitza. And I will say, again, this was considered to be a Shach. I will say, again, all, it's, hard, it's a little bit hard for us to imagine because, well, it's not hard to imagine. It's just hard to imagine doing it, right? Because for us, the notion of walking up into our knees in blood does not exactly seem to be the greatest shavach of anything. But that's, remember also because, unfortunately, we're removed from a base of removed from Karbanos. But for the Kohanim, the notion of being up to your knees in blood represented, again, the sheer volume of Karbanos brought by Klavi Sura, which is just an incredible thing. There's another issue. But we'll say, obviously, if the Kohanim are walking up to their knees in blood, their clothing becomes disgusting. Right? That means your clothing becomes disgusting. And isn't that a problem with Tinan? How you begot of mitushtashin va'amid avodaso psula? Because this is incredible. If the Kohanic clothing was dirty, when the Kohen did the Avodah, the Avodah is possible. Bose, isn't this incredible? That the Kohen has to be in a pristine state. His clothing must be clean when he does the Avodah. So isn't the notion of, obviously, if you're walking up until your knees in blood, your clothing is soaked with blood, that would invalidate the Avodah. So Bose, it's such an incredible Yisod. To which the Gemara says, maybe you'll say, maybe you'll say, no, not a problem. The coin could just lift up, lift up his robe. Or so just lift up his robe, right? To lift up, lift up the begadim above his knees. And that way, again, nothing gets blood soaked. That doesn't work. This is incredible. The, the Kohanic garments were tailored, right? Were tailor made. What do they call it? Not tailor made. Um, Custom made, custom, custom made. Right? So again, it fit the Kohanim exactly, exactly. And the idea was that Allah, you didn't know if you had to walk around with your robe, holding your robe up, that, that was not proper big day, Una. And the idea was not only was it custom made, but it also had to sit on the body in a normal way. So you can't walk around doing the avoda with your robe pulled up either. So it can't be too long. You can't hold it up. What are we talking about? We're talking about, you know, when, 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 they walk, when, when they walk in the blood like this, when they were taking the limbs to the ramp of the Mizbech, which is not a form of Avoda. Therefore, it's not a problem if their clothing gets dirty, or it's not a problem even if they hold up their clothing because it's not Avoda. To which the mercy below, it's not Avoda. That's not true. The taking of the sacrificial limbs to the ramp, Rabbi say, requires a coin. The fact that it requires a coin tells us that what? That in fact it is a form of Avodah. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, the coin will take everything to the Mizbeach. That refers to the taking of the sacrificial limbs to the Mizbeach. So you see, say, anything that requires a coin by definition, is avoda. So therefore, if you need a coin to take the limbs to the Mizbeach, that by definition is a form of avoda. Ella, ba'olachas itzim l'ma'aracha, delav avodihi. Rather, I will say, what's the case? It must be talking about a situation where they were taking the, the, the wood to the pyre on the Mizbeach, which was not an avoda. Delav avodihi. Or be'olachas e'varam l'kevesh, ha'olachas dam miha hechi azni. That's fine, but what do they do about the taking of the limbs to the Mizbeach? Or the taking of the blood? Those ultimately, again, are Aravodos. This is fascinating. On Erev Pesach, they had something very unique. 
they had a platform in the base Hamikdash. So I will say what they did is like this. So the Gemara says they plugged up the drains in the Azara, so that the Azara literally filled with blood, literally filled with blood. But they also had constructed a platform that allowed the Kohanim to walk above the blood. This way, again, the Shevach was there because you saw the blood level went so high, which was a dramatic testament to the sheer volume of the number of Karbanos, but the Kohanim did not need to walk into the blood themselves. Rashi, in, Rashi just points out over here that ultimately, again, since the platform was part of the Beis HaMikdash, to say in general, there's another discussion about building onto the Beis HaMikdash. You just can't make an addition on the Beis HaMikdash. So the platforms were considered to be part of the edifice of the Beis HaMikdash itself. Quite incredible. So remember again, so the Mishnah said, what did you do? You went ahead and they suspended the Karbanos, right? They would put the Karbanos on the hooks, they would flay the Karban, and then they would go ahead and take out all the sacrificial parts and put it into bowls. So I say ultimately, and I will say another way, it sounds like is that the Israel who was flaying the animal, no problem, Israel could flay the animal, that he would take out the sacrificial parts, put it in the bowl, and he would offer it up. Sounds like the Yisrael would offer the sacrificial parts, which the Gemara says, Atu gufe have a would the Yisrael offer the sacrificial parts? Ema laktira gabe Rather, no, 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 what it means is, the Yisrael might put the sacrificial parts in the bowl, but he would not offer it up, but rather he would prepare it to be offered. It would be the Kohen who ultimately would offer it up. Yatasakas Rishona, ultimately after the first group went out, Tana, kol echad ve'echad nosin pischo barbas, this is so beautiful. After the whole process was finished, what would happen? Everybody would take the carbon Pesach. He would take his lamb. No snow, no St. Pisco Bo'oro. He would put the, the meat, the actual lamb, inside of the hide. And then he would kind of, he would, he would put it on his back, right? So I will say, if you could imagine, you would hold the hide from the front. Ultimately, again, the Pesach itself would be on my back. Just like an Arab merchant. When the Arab merchants would go, to kind of uh, sell their wares, they would hold the wares on their back, right? They'd hold it with their hands like over their shoulder and the merchandise would be slung over their shoulders. So, so to again, when the, when the Jew would leave the Beis HaMikdash carrying his Kaban Pesach, the meat itself would be wrapped up in the hide of the animal and the Yisrael would walk holding the animal slung over his shoulder. Hadjun Allah, Tamun Nishchat, Rabosai, Mazel Tov! Tomorrow morning, we begin the new parak. Shkayach Rabosai.